I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. It's time for episode number 325 of Video Games Hot Dog, the one where half of us are sick. Shit. Guys, GDC happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. And Kevin and I really got it in the throat. Wait, and also, I didn't, because South- I'm lucky. By Southwest happened. That's true. We we got it, got it from multiple... I also didn't go to that. I want to apologize to our listeners for how long it took to get that South by Southwest episode uh, <laughs> edited and pushed out. We got you didn't busy. have a computer to record. To uh, no, but I didn't do it until like a, I'd been back in town for several days either. We because came back and immediately had GDC stuff to do. That's true. We, there was basically no break. I had to write talks the day before I did the talks. Yeah. Like a response. Twice in a row. Dude. <laughs> they went fine, though. Yeah. They'll be in the GDC vault later. Actually, they'll be available for free. At some point soon, Jim taught me, because they're not talks that anyone cares about, because they don't have any trade secrets in them. I think that's most likely true. I wasn't doing any talks about the uh, how we did the fire tech in the latest Uncharted game, or the water propagation in the latest Uncharted game. We did that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, not you. Oh. It was it was kept a secret because from you, Riff, because it's a trade secret. It's a trade secret. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. You have to trade it for some other secret. That's fine. I prefer to keep my outsider art status anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, what have you been up to, Riff? In the, uh, you, you didn't go to GDC, so you must have a bunch of stories from the world. <laughs> nope. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> We've got a bunch of stories from conventions and none from the re- Apparently nothing else happened in the rest of the world. No, I can buy that. Yeah. yeah. G- GDC is all encompassing. What did you do at GDC, Jim? I went around and I talked to a bunch of people. I actually um, took it relatively easy this year. I went to like two and a half parties instead of eight. And a half? Yeah. You went to our party. I went to your party. Was that the half a party? No, the half a party was the the one that I can't tell you the name of. Because you forgot it? Because it's a trade secret. secret. Yeah, I was at that one. Um, (laughs) They wouldn't even tell me the name of it. (laughs) I'll tell you later. Did you have to like wear a carnation on your lapel at a certain bus stop and somebody would come up and give you the signal of where the actual party was? No, the party was at the bus stop. That's why it was only half a party. Ah, okay. It was all it was just people in wearing carnations at the bus stop. The carnation society, we call it. <laughs> the the way too loud room society is what I would call it. All they served was carnation products such as mm. instant breakfast. <laughs> What do you what do you think it would taste like if you put if you just poured whiskey <laughs> into a glass oh. of carnation instant breakfast powder? Do you think you'd have like a delicious whiskey milkshake? <laughs> See, I where I thought you were going with that is I thought you were going to start out like making a bacon and egg smoothie, but then you said whiskey and then I thought, "Oh yeah, that makes sense cuz that seems like a reasonable breakfast for Zach." <laughs> whiskey. That's good. My dad once told me the only time he's ever enjoyed Captain Crunch was when he poured whiskey into it instead of milk. Hmm. That may hmm. be because he was an alcoholic. Okay. Was that, yeah, I mean, is do you think he just, that was a story that he told you to illustrate his alcoholism more than an anecdote about Captain Crunch? Uh, I, I think it was both. I had fun once. It was when I was really drunk. <laughs> Uh, what was the, what was the half a party, Jim? Now I want to know. There was oh, it was the, the one secret, I can't tell the secret one. Okay, yeah, sorry. What was, was the other full? What was the other full party? Uh, it then? was uh, Art Jam, um, <clears throat> which is I, I may have talked about um, Hype O'Clock Game Dev and Tea Time on this podcast, which is an event that happens I think on the 
third Saturday of the month at a warehouse that a friend of mine lives in. It's This is all on meetup.com, so I'm not, like, outing him. Um, I don't recommend it because the only time I ever went there, I had a kidney stone. Yeah, it's it's kind of unpleasant. See also way. Red Hot Chili Peppers concerts. <laughs> uh, it's a cool event. Um, at During GDC, they have an additional event called Art Jam, which is basically the same thing, but ostensibly you're supposed to be drawing stuff. Hmm. And people were. So I was, you know, wandering around. I eventually found a couch to sit on. Did you draw stuff? And eventually, no, I didn't. But I watched people draw stuff. Why didn't you draw anything? Uh, it didn't occur to me. Hmm. I was in a place where you draw things. That doesn't mean I can draw things. Anyone can draw things. Yeah? Yeah. Just, you should have taken an Ed Emberley book with you. Uh-huh. Might I recommend mm-hmm. the big purple drawing book uh-huh. or the big green drawing book? Learn how to draw a pirate ship. Step wow. by step. Draw a French model. I could learn how to draw <laughs> comics the Marvel way. <laughs> draw me like one of your Ed Emberly girls. <laughs> yeah, one one arc at a time. Yeah. You know, with instructions just different beneath. Different letters, yeah. yeah. The mm. boobs are just a big B on its side. <laughs> well, I mean, if we're being honest. <laughs> one thing that was different about the CDC is that it was raining. Yeah, and uh, Moscone was under a lot of construction, so it was really kind of a nightmare hell GDC. Yeah, it's very strange. the The big problem with rain is that I keep telling people, you know, you can you can come to GDC. You don't actually need to have a badge because none of the good stuff is in the convention center. You just want to hang around and like hang around the lawn. Right. Yeah, Yerba um, Buena Park yeah, is where the action where is. all the cool kids are. But now it's where all the mud was. Right. This year it was actually like really unpleasant in the park, and I felt really bad for all the people I told not to buy a badge. Well, they shouldn't have bought a badge still. No, you're right. You didn't say don't buy a badge or an umbrella. Right. <laughs> but also no one was in the park. It wasn't just like that it was unpleasant to be there. So I always found the stuff that happened in the park – uh, weirdly more alienating than the stuff happening inside the convention because going to the park made me feel like, oh yeah, I'm too old to make video games. <laughs> like the real action is happening here where all these like 15 year old kids are making video games. It definitely skews young for sure. Well, they're the ones that can't afford like $2,000 for a right. badge. Yeah. So of the ones who, you know, there's, I, this is the first year where I've seen like, serious um push towards the idea of moving gdc to a more affordable city or at least just having it not always here yeah which is also a reasonable thing because i feel like most conferences alternate locations i do feel like i saw a lot of anti-gdc sentiment but i don't know if we're just living in an era of me seeing a lot of generally anti-everything sentiments like i can't tell that, that is if there's now. more of it than there was before or if yeah if if twitter just makes it seem like everyone hates everything and that's always been true it's just they weren't talking about it where i was looking right yeah i would i would be despite living here i would be super for gdc moving to like moving around like siggraph would be good um get a more wider variety of people that way. I wonder about the logistics of it. Like presumably GDC has like a long-term contract with Moscone. Yeah, you would think. I know like San Diego Comic-Con was constantly on the edge of like 
moving away from San Diego because they outgrew the convention center space and then they were kind of constantly like 30 years ago brokering these deals to expand the convention center space but that wasn't happening fast enough but then it wasn't that long ago no we started going in I think 2005 and that first year was fine yeah, it wasn't. It really there weren't hours long lines to even the popular stuff. I'm trying to remember when I first went to GDC. To Comic Con. I, so what I do remember is that I was wearing a pom pom shirt. So it had to have been post like 2000. Yeah. When was pom pom invented? Was that like around 2000? Yeah, I think so. Pom pom what? From, from Home Homestar Runner. Runner. Okay. Cause I was. There were also there are things called pom poms. Right. Yeah. No, I wasn't and wearing I felt those. Like those have been around for at least fifty. No, years. I was wearing the the shirt with the orange guy from Homestar Runner. I see. The sort of floaty guy. Yeah. Yep. Who who talks in blowing bubbles with a straw? Right. Anyway, what else did you do at GDC? Anything fun? Uh, talking to people, I had I definitely had more. Okay, so this is important. Uh, we announced, my wife and I announced, uh, the weekend before GDC that we're having a kid. Hooray! Oh, yeah. Congratulations. So that's a thing. I tweeted about, yeah. I tweeted about that and about how now I'm looking for a job because I want some more financial stability to take care of a kid with. Um, even if I don't get a job from that, at least <coughs> according to Twitter analytics, over a hundred thousand people now know I'm having a child. Okay, good. So that's a plus. Um, so... So a lot of... Do you think your kid will live up to the hype? Uh, for... Oh, I hope not. Jesus. <laughs> no one should have to live up to that. Um, Did everyone on Twitter ask if your kid was Frog Fractions 3? Uh, only a couple people asked that. And April got mad about both of them. <laughs> yeah, that definitely is... That makes sense. <laughs> Why? Ah... Uh, if she married you, she knew what she was getting into. I don't think she knew to that extent. She mar- like <laughs> she married. She me married a curated like, version of you. Yeah, <laughs> she married me during like a lull in the excitement about the Frog Fractions brand, and now the lull is on her. <laughs> the Frog Fractions franchise, if you want it to be more alliterative, right? Um, so a bunch of the people I talked to at GDC were about that. Um, about a baby? baby, about, about getting a job okay. for your baby, for the baby. Okay. For the baby's benefit. I'm not starting at like dishwasher or burger flipper. Burger flipping baby dangerous model for a baby. Tiny hand model. Right. Oh, there you go. Tiny foot model. Tiny hat model. <laughs> Onesie QA. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's what, pretty much what I did at GDC was look for a job. Mm-hmm. Crash test baby. The first time I've actually actively done it. They Maybe. tell they tell me that you're supposed to wait five years for networking to work. Oh, I thought you're oh, supposed to wait good. five years to announce the birth of your child. <laughs> yeah, you never know. You might you might decide to return it to Sears. Maybe you should start making video games that are literally for babies, and then you can just make that part of the baby's chores is doing QA. But that, then who's going to buy those games? I would sell More it to my babies. own kid. Rich, rich mm-hmm. babies. Rich babies. Yeah, mm. like that boss baby. Oh, yeah, he did seem pretty rich. Like that baby from uh, Who's Eating Roger Rabbit. <laughs> Os- I-, I just want to point out Oscar nominee boss baby. Yeah. Mm. I mean, Laura Mache said it was pretty good. It's okay. Really? 
Okay. I was watching it on a plane. Really? I see. Okay. Mm, you know. It didn't bring you to tears like all all food on planes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Brain's not working. That I wasn't trying to make up a funny version of the name of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's the French. That's who's eating Roger Rabbit. That's that's where you get the lap in. I was nervous for the first half of GDC because I had to do talks, and then I was drunk for the second half of GDC because I didn't have to do talks. Um, that was fine. Now that I've done some GDC talks, I don't feel the need to ever do that again. No, I'll, I'll watch them in the vault. All right. Would you do a uh, talk at the Roguelike Con again? Yes. Yeah. Because that's like 200 people yeah and i don't and i also don't i although i might not i didn't submit one for the second one because i kind of feel like i said everything that i had to say about the intersection of my work and that yeah um you could just talk about it from the a fan's point of view roguelikes i've known okay sure here's hey guys spelunky is good here's why i mean i guess i could do a talk on how we adapted spelunky to kingdom of love yeah but i mean you could also talk about you know, Imbroglio and Syncopaus and all of, uh, like the Amber Halls and and all the all the weird, tiny roguelikes that you you have that played. people might not know about. Yeah, a roguelike roundup. What was that roguelike? I think it came out of the most recent roguelike jam. That that dice based one. Who's oh, the Terry, Terry Cavanaugh's Terry Dicey Cavanaugh. Dungeons? Yeah, that's the one. That was neat. I, I played his web version the other day. Yeah, me too. It's pretty good. It's very Dream Quest-y, mm-hmm. but like Dream Quest with dice instead of cards. What does he work with now? Is that Was that a HTML5 thing? It was... You could either play a Flash version or a janky HTML5 version. So huh. I don't know yeah. what... The HTML5 I don't know what you would build it in that... fine for me. Yeah, me too. It, it could be that like... The newest version of Flash exports to HTML5. Mm-hmm. The uh, it definitely had some like MIDI covers of pop songs <laughs> playing as its soundtrack, which is pretty good. Sounds legit. <clears throat> well, is that are we are we on to video games? Uh, if you're done, I just I only brought it up because we were talking about rogue lights. No, oh, I'm I'm done. I could I, talk about uh, ruining my f- my hand. Oh right, oh, yeah, this is important. a good story. Oh no, what'd you do? Uh, so uh, on Thursday of GDC, um, which was the only day that I had scheduled <clears throat> any kind of physical activity, uh, I, some friends had been like, oh, we should go rock climbing. And I was like, that sounds like a terrible idea. I'm in. <laughs> uh, that morning, I was uh, setting up our IGF kiosk uh, at GDC because West of Loathing was in the IGF this year. And uh, there's like a pair of sliding doors uh, sort of at the base of the kiosk and I accidentally sort of jammed my finger in one and I thought, oh man, that sucks. That kind of hurt. That's going to leave a bruise or whatever. And then I continued to sort of like move the iPads around and get things set up. And then I looked down at the iPads uh, that I had been holding and they were just covered in blood. Oh no. So it turns out instead of just uh, like like, uh, stubbing my finger or whatever i had basically just sliced sliced the tip off man uh, and so almost exactly yeah. that happened to me in school with like a brand new exacto blade so i didn't uh. even notice anything had happened until i noticed that there was blood all over my work 
Yeah. I, oh. I like ran to the bathroom and like washed it off and then got a bandage and came back and Victor had Victor was just sort of standing at the kiosk and was like, I thought you had been murdered. <laughs> <laughs> so and then I had to go. It was wash. a case of distrust. Yeah, it was a case of distrust. I had to go wash all the iPads. <clears throat> I guess uh I saw Isle of Dogs. You saw Isle of oh, Dogs yeah. since last time. I it's need to good. See that before it stops being it's not great it's i did not i did not like it as much as i liked fantastic mr fox but it would have been impossible for me to like anything like having the fantastic mr fox as the point of comparison for what this was made it seem worse okay um which is not fair oh well watch watch isle of dogs and then watch fantastic mr fox the trailer sort of shows you a lot of the best parts of it you think i think so it didn't really like i didn't feel like there was a ton that was surprising based on the what's the connection between the two movies they're both, uh, they're both Wes Anderson animation. movies and they're both uh, yeah stop motion gotcha the, they are the, the two movies that he has made that's been stop motion so but Isle of Dogs was not based on a Roald Dahl book the way that the as far as Mr. Know, Fox was it could be like a, a secret underground one I wonder if the movie like I wonder what the scripts. experience would have yeah. been like if I spoke Japanese Right. I wonder if the Japanese, like a bunch of Japanese lines are delivered and not subtitled. Right. Hmm. Um, and the, and some people laughed in the theater when that happened. So I don't know. So yeah, maybe they're, maybe they're funny. Yeah. I bet they're funny. Why wouldn't they be funny? It's a good, it's a good Wes point. Anderson is the, the master of like that they're just throw away funny lines that like yeah. just sneak past. Like there are a lot of moments in those movies where one person in the theater will laugh. Right. And then everybody else <clears> just kind of moves past it. It's pretty good. Yep. It's as if Mystery Science Theater was just making movies instead of commenting on them. They were all perfectly symmetrical. Yeah. <laughs> I played some I played some video games. Oh yeah? Yeah. What did you play? I played a bunch of Cuphead, uh, which Coffee. I was not anticipating playing because I assumed that it would be too hard for me. But uh Tyler, the animator from Cuphead, was next to us at the IGF. <laughs> and was there only one animator on that? Talking game? to him. He's at, I don't know, one of the animators. I, I don't see. know. He's one of the <clears throat> brothers of the family that that entire game is credited to people with the same last name. And the studio name is like a is like a truncation of their last name. I don't remember. Uh, I think. But I, I told him, I'm like, I just assume this game is too hard for me. And he said, now nah, you grew up playing Nintendo. You'll be fine. Basically, if you're old, hmm. you're good. Yeah. The, and I'm like, oh, I like this. The three games at the IGF booth that were right next to it was, it was Cuphead and then us and then uh, Natalie Lawhead's Everything is going to be okay. So it was three, exam- three different examples of really stellar art. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very strong visual design yeah. uh, we got to be a punchline in uh oh, yeah. in part of trent custer's uh, uh delivery of the hosting of the igf awards yeah uh it's like congratulating the people on getting their art uh nominations when there was a stick figure game up for the grand prize <laughs> um, yeah it's pretty good uh night in the woods beat us yep. for the grand prize which was fine yep uh as as it would have been if every any, like any, literally any of, any of those competitors we would have been fine to lose yeah, to we liked all uh, of them a much. because we're extremely mature and uh, <laughs> and centered people but also like all of those games are real fucking good yeah we also i'm really surprised that into the breach didn't win though yeah i mean i get that the world does not love into the breach as much as i do I also like i talked the world to didn't know about it especially i talked to, to like night in the woods 
Justin Ma for a while yesterday in the office or the day before yesterday and uh confirmed that you and everybody else that I've talked to about this in the last month are correct. Uh, I was under the impression that when the enemies in into the breach were deciding what to do, that they were optimizing for a solvable state but, but tricky. on the part of the player, like a solvable but tricky state. And he said, no, it's just totally like just weighted random choices about attacking things. So that's cool. Just lucky, just well-designed enough that it seems like every turn is this carefully crafted puzzle. Right. In fact, it is not a carefully crafted puzzle. So that was pretty. Cuphead is real good, though. It's, you know, you you fly around or you jump around and you shoot and it's like a Nintendo game, except it looks like an old cartoon. Yep. Super gorgeous and it's, looking. Music's really yep. good, too. That's true. Um, And yeah, like I've been playing it on the easy mode and then after i beat the bosses on easy mode i'll go back and try them on hard mode a time or two and then if you know if i get frustrated i'll just move on to another what, fight what differs there is usually an additional phase um i think that might be it i don't know that the the earlier phases are harder the easy mode you can't actually finish the game yeah you don't it doesn't count it counts for unlocking progress to more bosses but it doesn't count for like being able to start the final fight um but my plan was to play through it on easy and then go back to the beginning and play through it on hard once i knew stuff but it's been more fun to like do it kind of bounce around between them um like that that might end up like it seems kind of mean like like that's stereotypically that's kind of a mean design choice to not let the people who play on easy finish the game but like yeah it could also be like discussion about that on twitter recently i remember yeah, but it could also be like I think, for example, Jamestown <clears throat> did that really tastefully, and um, the result was that like you, if if you are playing, if you're not good enough to play uh, a shmup, you play on easy, and you get like it three, teaches you how to play. it teaches you how to play. <laughs> you get like three levels before the b- normal beginning of the game, basically, hmm. effectively. Like I mean, you're it's the same levels, but. You have to you play through them again with uh, with harder patterns, and it really is a pretty good onboarding sequence. And so maybe that's the case for Cuphead as well. Uh, I was surprised um, you didn't have trouble with the uh, the parry the co- highlights, which are which are pink. Yeah, I have not had trouble with it. Like so far, it seems like it's pretty distinguishable. Um, why why do you call it parry? Is that is it, I think that's what they call it. Huh. I thought it was just like power-up collection or whatever. Well, it's it's like deflecting a projectile kind of. But you're collect but you're like doing so powers up your little Yeah, but it's if you get it if you get it wrong, the thing <clears throat> that you're that you're hitting to do that with will injure you. Uh, I see. Okay. Yeah. It's it's just like certain bullets you can absorb if you're if you time it correctly there's um there's levels that are just that there's levels that are like you're trying to there's ghosts flying in from the around the edges of the screen trying to get to this urn in the center and the only way for you to defeat them is to parry them which is like sort of double jumping Mm -hmm. like you jump and then you hit the jump button again and you twirl like screw attack style um yeah it's really good Oh, I just sort of always assumed from the discourse around it that it was too hard for me to enjoy and that it would just be frustrating to me. But in fact, it is not. And it's just a really pretty, really fun, like really like kind of inventive and stylish thing. 
Yeah, I've been watching um, some some races of it on YouTube, and it's it's a it's a it's a real pretty game to watch, even if you're not playing it. I was also a little bit worried about having trouble like telling which things on the screen were important, but it does a remarkably good job of like even in fighting things that you've never fought before, the telegraphs are pretty clear. Like it's pretty easy to sort of predict what's going to happen. Not a hundred percent of the time. Like there are definitely some things where it's like, well, I just would not have known what to expect here. So there was no way I could have beaten this on the first try, but a lot of the bosses is like, Oh no, I could, I should have seen that coming. Do you know, are the bosses the same or harder if you're playing with two players? They just have 50% more health. Okay. That is, um, that is what, but nothing about the patterns. Tyler, I believe his name is told us. No, nothing, nothing changes except that they get more health. Hmm. Um, which he said they did because that's sort of exactly what they did in dark souls. Okay. Um, I also, speaking of Twitter discussion, which Riff was a minute ago, I saw, I want to say it was like Zach Gage saying to Derek, you, oh yeah, this radical dungeon sweeper game is really good. Thanks for the recommendation. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to buy that and check it out right away on the strength of that conversation. So radical dungeon sweeper is this steam game that's like, it's like a Minesweeper dungeon crawl, kind of. It works a little bit like that phone game Dungeon-a-lot. I don't know if you've played that. But it, I am so put off by it because of this. So I ran the game for the first time, and there is a picture on the screen while the game loads. And it is like a pillow with what looks like some eggs on it, and then a kind of a green cloud of gas above the eggs and i i thought well that's weird what what is that supposed to rotten eggs. represent yeah and then the game starts with this extremely high production value like relative to the rest of the game the art style is completely different the writing is way better in terms of grammar uh and so there's it's like this super long kind of cartoony medieval tapestry that is describing the story of the ancient hero of this realm who was like constantly protecting the realm from monsters that would attack the attack the realm. And then one day so many monsters came that he was overcome and he was cut into a bunch of pieces, but his right hand kept hacking away at the monsters with its sword and his tongue kept admonishing the monsters for their sins until they were all smashed to powder ex <laughs> except his balls. Oh no. Which ran away and bounced off to a safer part of the kingdom. And then some scholars found his balls and decided that they needed to be preserved. And so they enshrined them in this museum. But then they started to smell really bad. And so wow. they had to hide the balls at the bottom of a big dungeon. And didn't exactly explain, like, okay, so why do I want them? Like, I, like it seems like what you're doing is setting up this goal for me and explaining, I guess, why this, why I want to get to the bottom of this dungeon, but I super don't anymore. Like, I don't really want to play this game at all anymore because of that horrible choice that they made at considerable expense. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was a pretty high production value intro. And then it's weirdly, like, Almost every written sentence in the rest of the game just has like a verb conjugated incorrectly to the point where it seems like maybe it's a style choice, but it's a f just a fucked up one that's not 
it's not funny. Like it's not done in a way that is like, oh, this is a gag. It's, uh, yeah. So then you just kind of play Minesweeper, but you're still thinking about those balls. And then every time there's a loading screen, it's like, oh, yep, there's that guy's balls and they smell bad. And it's. Did you say they were on a pillow? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It just, mm, <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. That's pretty off-putting. Yeah. yeah. It's like if you were making up a story about a thing being off-putting, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like if you were trying to come up, like, like, hey, make a joke about something tasteless, right? Which is not, you know, I, like, I'm not, I'm not exactly casting a stone here, right? Because I'm not <laughs> precisely without sin in this regard, but like, yeah, man, like, that's... It is hard for me to imagine the person who still wants to play this game after watching that intro cinematic. Maybe they were just like, well, everyone is going to skip this, obviously, because it's an intro cinematic. So let's just like put this shit about some stinky balls in at the end of it as a, yeah, as a (laughs) pair of Easter eggs. Am I right? (laughs) A pair of uh, huevos that have been dead for two weeks, 40 days. How long is it? How long did Jesus stay dead? Three days? Three days, yeah. How long, So fish and Jesus' balls stink after three days? That's what Benjamin Franklin said? Something like that. Yeah. I, I had never... This is a complete aside, <clears throat> but I was thinking about it after you were talking about it. Uh, conjugating a verb is marrying that verb to its... Uh, oh, right, or, yeah. Oh. The, the the verb is getting a little conjugal visit Yeah. there. Wait, Should, what is it marrying to? I didn't... To the the like the subject of the oh, of the sentence, interesting. Because right? that's because you know conjugal visit, for example. Yeah. And then I uh, I also played a couple hours of Far Cry Five. Well, before we move on, I just yeah. want to say that apparently Zach Gage and Derek, you are the ones who liked that intro. Yeah. To keep playing. <laughs> enough to want to play the game. Yeah. yeah, and it's I maybe they just skipped it. Yeah. I'd like to think they skipped it. Or like I, maybe you just you are just willing <clears throat> to play the game for its mechanics and not any of the dressing around it. Yeah. But then every whoa, you said like every loading screen they you <clears throat> see the. It's only when you first start. It's okay. like well, there's those stinky testicles right. on that pillow that are apparently my goal. Like I won the game. Could what's, I maybe trade in this prize for not? What's the name of it? Not engaging with some stinky testicles. Radical dungeon sweeper. I guess the radical involves their choices of <laughs> flavor. So Far Cry Five is this is the one that's like set in the back country of the yeah. US. It's like a, a cult has taken over. Like yeah, a militant cult has taken over a section of uh, Montana, okay. and you are. Uh, like a sheriff's deputy that has been dragged into it and stranded there when they fully take over. And the, I don't know, I guess the army is not Doing paying attention thing. and the local law enforcement is barely there. So it's just like, it's basically a far cry game, except it takes place in the U S which is fine. Right. It's always nonsense. It never, it never touches politics with any kind of sensitivity or anything. It's always just a like go clear outposts, shoot dudes. The structure of it is they they seem to have like worked really hard not to offend anybody in this one. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, like, but I don't get as much 
cognitive dissonance from it as other people seem to, hmm. you know, it's it, because it's always a cartoon, you know, and I mean, maybe that's a cop out. Like, maybe it's just like, well, I don't know. Like, I don't know what you were expecting out of the politics of a Far Cry game. At least this time, it's not just like murder all the brown people. It's like murder all the hillbillies. Yeah. You know, so just think of it as like Redneck Rampage 2. <laughs> um, it's. The gameplay paradigm is different enough that I like it. It's you don't just have a map full of icons. You don't like climb a radio tower and suddenly see all of the car races that you can do in the region. In order to find out about the car races that you have to do, you have to like find a bulletin board that has a note about a car race on it. And then that unlocks that on your map. And that that is actually really good. I think like you unlock fiction. Yeah, you unlock missions by wandering around the world and finding things and interacting with them. And then you find out about a thing that, like, a person could conceivably know about based on looking at a map of a thing. Did yeah. you not like in Zelda climbing a tower and seeing shrines and stuff? Uh, so that was – that had, like, a level of verisimilitude that I didn't really enjoy because it was like, well, I can't see shit from up here. And – I don't really want to spend the time sweeping my binoculars around and zooming in on stuff and then marking them. And then by the time I get there, it's I'm on fire and I don't know why. <laughs> so like it didn't like sometimes I would warp to a tower and then I would see a shrine that I hadn't beaten. And then I would just fly down to that shrine and solve it and then do that over and over again. And so that was fine. Yeah. But um, in in Zelda, at least you do your own map annotation. Right. So the towers don't really have that much in common mechanically with Far Cry towers right okay. like far cry towers just unlock that <laughs> section of the map and then once you've got it unlocked you know where everything is on the map except if you like you know you buy a treasure map that tells you where the like hidden caches are or whatever and like there was some kind of light puzzle solving stuff early on it was like you find a you find a prepper stash which is like a, a recurring uh, kind of power up loot bunker thing and like it's flooded and the power to the pumps is off and so you have to like go find the switch didn't flip it and then go back to the pump and run the pump. And then you can go down into the thing and then you get a, you know, a cool gun or whatever there's, you can, you clear out an outpost and then they open a store and <coughs> you can buy a shovel for $3,800 that does has a smiley face painted on it, apparently by Picasso. And uh, then it does slightly more damage than other shovels because of the smiley face and the great expense. I mean, the, it might hurt somebody's pride. That's true. Being pretty, pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Have a nice day. You would say, "Hmm, shit happens." You would say, uh, "Hang in there." Also, <laughs> dig this. I got them all cut. <laughs> uh, the it's also like just because it is a Far Cry game. It is this amazing open world gameplay engine that is constantly fucking everything up by forcing you into story sequences. And that its mechanics just don't support at all. Like there, I also saw like the, I woke up the morning after playing it and saw on Twitter, Tom Francis had posted the exact same video footage that the first time I ever like, Hmm, how does the G force experience work? I want to capture video footage of this thing that is happening in this game. And I tried to remember the key press combo to open up that overlay and did, but I got during the prologue, there's this point where you're just kind of being chased through the woods by a group of militia dudes. And I think you're just supposed to run because I kept trying to kill them all. And it was just overwhelming and like, just kept dying. There's like 
saving is really bad. There's no quick save. You can manually save and it auto saves, but that's it. And so it's like, I don't remember how saving worked in like Far Cry Primal. Um, but I've seen people complaining about it and I certainly have some complaints about the save system, but it was like, my first complaint was, well, fuck, I can't beat the tutorial even on easy. This is going to be another embarrassing story I have to tell on this podcast about being old. But then I finally, like, figured out which direction to run in this ostensibly, like, open world to, like, get the next plot beat to happen in the tutorial. And the next plot beat is you're, like, holed up in this house and a guy would run up to the door of the house. Like, a bad guy would run up to the door of the house. I would shoot him. He would just vanish. Like, frame... Like, one frame he was there, another frame he was gone. And I thought he was vanishing in, like, a puff of black smoke until I realized that was just the smoke coming off the barrel of the gun. <laughs> uh, he was just vanishing, respawning, like, out in the yard and running up to the door again. And so I, like, did that until I ran out of bullets. And then I started, like, meleeing him and the exact same thing happening until I got bored. And then I just ran away and went on to the next thing and it and it finished the the mission up. Um, what is it? What is going on there? And I, it's so early in the game. I guess I, this is the problem where game studios build from the middle out. <clears throat> and so they'll get to the beginning of the game at the very end of production and be like, well, fuck, this is totally buggy, but we got a ship. Yeah, I don't exactly know. Like, I don't know what it is about both mine and Tom's experiences that got us to this place where it, I hadn't seen it happen to anyone else that I knew about. It was just like a weird. Is it looking at the other games that you've been playing? Maybe um, I was like, oh, I bet this guy would. I bet this guy would enjoy talking about some glitchy bullshit on his podcast. I should set this up. Um, later on, you <clears throat> you start like liberating towns in story missions, and one of the central ones, there's like this bar, and you're in the bar, and there are there are like kind of rando NPCs wandering around in the bar. And then there's the bartender woman who's like going through a scripted sequence of things that she is saying. And I'm like kind of bored while I'm listening to this way too long speech about the the situation in the, in the region. And I'm like, huh? Earlier when I was in like a friendly person's house, it wouldn't let me point guns at them, but now it is. I wonder if I can just shoot this dude that's over by the jukebox and I wonder what would happen if I did that. And so I shot the dude, this just some random dude who was over by the jukebox. Everyone in the bar suddenly like snaps to attention and pulls their guns out. And I'm like, oh shit, it actually let me make like this quest hub hostile. That is amazing. But then I realized, oh, they're not mad at me. Like they're just ready to fight now because they assume that because I'm shooting their like combat AI kicked in. They weren't attacking me. Oh, they were like wow. ready to help me. <clears throat> shooting anybody and, else that you didn't like. And, yeah, and and so I, I'm like, huh, okay, well. And then I just waited a while, and then the bartender was like, now hold on, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, and then jumps back to, which I get, like, that's a problem you got to solve in dialogue that the player can interrupt, right? And then while I'm standing there listening to her, the guy that I shot walked up to me and was like, what we need around here is somebody with some balls, <laughs> And so I punched him. I just meleeed him, which apparently the shot from before had taken him down to almost no health. And the punch took him down to no health, but it didn't kill him. It put him in this revivable state that like NPC allies can get into. So now the rest of the time that she's giving this impassioned speech about what needs to happen, he's just writhing on the ground going, ah, oh, ah, mm. and I just let it go on forever because it was awesome. <laughs> 
You didn't trust shooting the bartender? So that's, no, I, di- I didn't, you know, I, like, it was, I had, I had enough of a funny story at that point. <laughs> God, also, th- so that you can just, there's just a bunch of random NPCs out in the world that you can just, like, sort of hire, but I guess they don't really charge you any money if they're not, like, powered up ones. And so you just have a guy, like, following you around and you can sort of give instructions on, like, where to go and who to shoot or whatever. And we, <laughs> just like, I rescue this dude who's been captured by the cult or whatever. And it's like, Hey, do you want me to come with you? It's like the hit G to hire this gun for hire. I'm like, yeah, okay. And we're walking through the woods to the next thing. And he says, I really wish there was some peaceful way to end this conflict. And then we get to the outpost that I'm going to. And I like headshot a guy (laughs) from a distance. And he says, yeah, fucking skull fucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> what a just perfect combination of two barks in sequence. They're like, <clears throat> I was like, uh, you know, it'd be cool if like they had different personalities. And this was like the thoughtful one who maybe doesn't like shooting dudes, but nope. Like, just, uh, wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So I don't, you know. I don't know how much of this game I'm going to play because it's like I always get bored shooting dudes eventually, unless they're cave dudes, because uh, Far Cry Primal is the only game that I ever, like the only Far Cry game that I ever stuck with to the end. Did you not play Far Cry 3? I played a couple hours of it, but oh, okay. it, it just, I always just kind of get like, eh. What about uh, Assassin's Creed? No, I also kind of bounced off of that after a couple hours. Okay. I, I haven't gone back and the, the like. Explorer mode where there's nothing to do it's also boring. seems boring. Hmm. Yeah. Like I want Well, isn't it supposed to have like a lot of historical information? Oh, does it? Can't you That's do That's what historic... I heard that it's like a tourist It's like, like a guided tour, yeah. yeah. Mm. That sounds interesting. Can't you do history mode but where you also get to shoot people? Oh, I don't know. Or change history? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be interesting. Back to the future game. Revisionist history mode. Yeah. 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 That would actually be an interesting concept for a game is just to have two time periods and you can change, you can do stuff in the earlier period and then flip forward and have like generated alterations to the, to the future period based on that. Based on chaos theory and it just simulates the interim time. Yeah. Or just asks Jeff Goldblum what he thinks would happen in real time. Yeah. Oh, that'd be good. It just calls his phone. You have to wait. <laughs> Everyone plays it. It's real expensive to play. It's like an arcade game that yeah. costs like 400 bucks <laughs> to play. Yeah, but that was it. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to play <clears throat> this Far Cry game, but maybe I have to look up some YouTube videos of it <laughs> because it sounds pretty amazing in terms of glitchy bullshit. Hmm. I finally had some of the weird Bethesda Skyrim glitches start oh, yeah. happening this past weekend where people just start floating up into the sky. <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> I don't, I think that, I wonder if that's related to like a memory thing because I, like, I left the, the, <laughs> not enough memory left for gravity. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'd left the switch on and paused for or like, like a, weeks like a time. floating point error that gets oh, worse the longer it's been. Error. <laughs> 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 oh. just you gets know, larger and larger and higher and higher. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because when I restarted the console and everything was fine again, so I don't know. <clears throat> Play anything else besides Skyrim? I played a board game or a card game uh, called Where Words. 
Mm. which is sort of a blend of a werewolf and 20 questions. Huh. It's weird. It requires like a companion app and it, that sort of leads you through the various phases. But part of that is like presenting the, so there's a mare, a werewolf, a seer and a villager or two. If you play with like four people, um, and the mayor picks a word that nobody else knows. Well, sort of the mayor picks a word. Then the seer does the mayor make up a word or is no, there pick a word that's presented. So okay. it's like a, out of a choice and it's not just one word. Sometimes it's like a short phrase, like peanut butter could be a, a possible answer or whatever. And then the seer gets to see the word and then the werewolf gets to see the word. And so only the villagers don't know what the word is. And you then play a game of 20 questions trying to get closer to the, the answer. And then if you ask the mayor, if, if, is it this thing? And then you're right, then you get it correct. The, and the mayor can't say anything. They just hand out yes or no or maybe tokens. Um, and there's a finite number of them. And then once the word has been discovered, uh, the werewolf gets to try to ID the seer. And if they can ID the seer, then the werewolf wins. Um, if the word isn't discovered, then if the village can ID the werewolf, then the villagers win. So it's, it's interesting because the seer knows what they're trying to get at, but they can't look like they're trying to get at it. Right. Like they need, and there's a time limit. There's like a four or five minute time limit to get to the word. Um, and so it's it's actually kind of an interesting strategy. What is an actual round of play like? Uh, so everyone, so the mayor is just sitting there and everyone is asking the mayor. Everyone knows who the mayor is. Yes, the okay. mayor is revealed. Uh, and everyone is asking the mayor, you know, is it bigger than a bread box? Is it an animal? Is it um, something I have in my house? It's like 20 questions, right? It's right. You're, trying to, you're trying to narrow in on what this thing is. And he is saying yes or no. Yes, the mayor is responding yes, no, or maybe. Okay. Um, and then so collaboratively as a team, you're trying to get there, although the, it's in the werewolf's best interest to not have that word. Come so up. the werewolf is going to try to answer questions that he knows won't help. Yep. And the seer is going to answer questions that will help, but don't help enough that he is identifiable as the seer. Okay. Yep. That seems really cool. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think with characters that all, everybody that understands the strategy, it would be really an interesting game. It sounds like that was not. It was a bunch of people who were new to it. And so. Like the, the way that it's supposed to be played, there are five roles uh, and you, the mayor starts out and then the other, the other roles are assigned randomly and the mayor has a secondary role. And if the mayor is the werewolf, they don't want them, the people to get the word, uh, which is tricky because they can lie. So in that yes or no question phase, they can just give you the wrong answer, hmm. uh, which I guess if you then trip them up and they contradict themselves, maybe you could identify them as the werewolf, but I don't know. Uh, if they're the seer, then that just means there isn't a seer out to help, which means that the werewolf can't win, can't get the second win condition necessarily, but it's a lot harder to actually get to the word. Um, and if the, if the mayor is just a villager, then nothing really changes. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I, it, it's worth checking out. I had never heard of it before this past weekend. Um, and then I just, I picked up, uh, 
because Tom Francis was talking about how he was playing it, uh, I went back and started playing some more of uh, that game Causality. Mm-hmm. It's like a puzzle game with astronauts and sort of a um, little bits of like time travel and that kind of thing. It's uh, it's good. It's a it's a tough puzzle game. I like it quite a bit. Um, but I've talked about I've talked about that before. What have you been playing, Jim? Mostly just The Witcher, the new The Witcher Three. Um, you guys were talking about open world glitches, and Witcher is kind of disappointing in that front. The glitches tend to be more like, oh, the game crashed and he lost progress. Mm-hmm. Um, although there was, <clears throat> like, off the top of my head, there was one time when like there was a horse parked and it's. It was like partly standing on a fence, and so the front legs, I, the IK was going crazy, where it was like the animation was moving it slightly, so that now the leg IKs to like a way over here, and now the IKs to way over here. Anyway, that works better visually than if I describe it. Um, I am. I thought I was at the end of the game because you know how games will do this thing where. Uh, they say, okay, it's the point of no return. You better save if you want to go back and do side quests. Um, this game did that. And then, uh, there was this really epic, like seemingly final battle. And then it kicked me back into the open world and gave me like, the story is apparently not over. There's still plenty to like plenty of like qu- story quests left. And now all the side quests are available again. So maybe they just meant like, this is going to change the game state or something. Yeah, I don't know. Or like, this is going to lock you into it for the hour that it takes it, or whatever. It, it was definitely like locking me in for like a good, good couple of hours of oh, uh, wow. of a set piece, which was a pretty good like siege defense thing. Um, I was impressed by that. Um, yeah, it's I got got I'm I'm like fifty hours into this thing now. Wow, um, still having fun. Yeah, still good. Still good. I'm I'm still playing on easy because, like, I don't know that the gameplay is worth getting good at. But it's like every once in a while I'll I'll run into something that's difficult and get annoyed. But usually it's actually genuinely easy. And uh, really enjoying all the uh, really enjoying what happens in the que- in the in the in the in the quests, all the, all the writing and such, and the dialogue. It's very very well done. Hmm. Good. Nothing else. I don't think I played a single thing at GDC. I watched somebody play Minute, which is a game coming out next month by uh, uh, Jan Willem Niemann, like half of half of Lambier, the uh, Jan Willem Niemann, I think is how you pronounce it, and then like some of his folks. Um, and that I, I can I can describe what it looked like to play. Uh, which is very much my jam. It looked like it was a Zelda style thing where you're, you're exploring a world. Um, it's like top down monochrome 2D, like pixel art. Uh, but every 60 seconds, your character just dies and you warp back to the beginning. Hmm. Uh, but you keep your upgrades. So you are exploring this area, but only in 60 second chunks. And does the world reset? Uh, it seems like there's de- there's state that persists between deaths, okay, so but a lot of stuff deaths. does. A lot of stuff does reset. Yeah, does, I think okay. so. So it's kind of kind of ground Groundhog's Day kind of thing. Yeah, I yeah. swear that I played this game yeah. like five or six years ago. You played a fantastic arcade this past year. 
Hmm. I don't know if you played it that long ago. This feels like an old thing to me. Hmm. But, yeah. Looks anyway, cool. That's a game that looked fun. What's I'll, it coming out for? Uh, not sure. That's a good question. I thought I saw that it was coming to Switch, but I, maybe I'm going crazy. Yeah, that would make sense. Uh, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if it were PC and then um, all the major consoles. Everything's coming to Switch. I played, I forgot to mention that I played a little bit of Kids, which hmm. is a very trippy interactive experience. Oh, um, yeah. I think I saw a trailer it is, or something from that. Yeah, it's a bunch of uh, humanoid figures, like sort of miniature black and white Keith Haring style drawings of people, uh, I think. And you are sort of usually directing one or more of them to do something, but there isn't a ton of sort of freedom of choice. And it's a lot of just oh sort of vignettes. That's one of the things that that's one of the other things that was on the Nintendo thing, wasn't it? That's that's I don't why, know. that's why I remember it. It's it was I remember the, seeing a video of, of like a bunch of little dudes falling into a hole. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's that's what <clears throat> Along with West of Loathing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, we announced that. Yeah, we're able to talk to about how we've been working on a Switch port for months, and that's why. And that's why we haven't been able to do anything else. Ow! It looks like Minute is not coming to Switch. Ah, oh, that's too bad. Boo! Like, at least not at launch. It's coming to PC, Xbox One, and PlayStation Four. Well, I mean that's fine. Yeah. As long as it's coming to PC, I can play it. Totally play the video game. Yeah, how's the Switch port coming, guys? It's in great shape. Cool. Yeah, we um. We're tweaking the UI. I did. A full playthrough of it while we were at South by Southwest. And it was like, I got a little bit annoyed with the way that the inventory worked, but all of that has been fixed. Well, and it's been changed. Mm, no, it's fixed. Okay. Like, I can tell by looking at it that I would just, I would have had zero of the annoyances that I had using it every time. But even still, like, it just felt like playing a video game. Like, it feels really natural and nice to play with a controller on a television. Remind me, did you have gamepad support? No. Nope. On not PC? A, not okay. at launch. Are you going to add it? Yeah. Yes. Cool. Yeah, yeah. based on this. Probably base. probably while this is insert, we'll start working on the, the PC <clears throat> controller support. Makes sense. And we'll use cert with Retson to <laughs> improve our breath. <laughs> is that the thing that, like, if you eat it in the dark, your mouth catches on fire and light sabers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you eat a, a, a wintergreen lightsaber, your mouth will explode. <laughs> what? what uh, do you, are there any chemical reactions that uh, are more violent in the dark? Because mm. I got to imagine there's some that are photosensitive, although I don't know if they're... There are some explosives. stories that are scarier in the dark. Sure. <laughs> Your brain, like, reacting to the story is a chemical reaction. That's true. That is true. Scary stories to be told in the dark. What about you, Riff? Have you played any video games? Um, I played... Just Pokemon. <laughs> Just Pokemon. <laughs> well, no. I, I did play two things. Only one of them is Pokemon-related. Uh, I played some of the new Detective Pikachu game, which I would ah, not I, I would not even have bothered mention I would not have bothered bringing it up except that it is very similar to the other game that I played so it, it it's worth Pikachu talking detective no it, it's so <laughs> the other game I played was um it's called uh, 
Ace Attorney Investigations 2. So it's the the fan sub of the sequel of the spin-off to the Phoenix Wright series uh starring the uh the rival prosecutor character from those games Edgeworth uh but it's it's a game where instead of being courtroom focused it's more focused on like you've got an actual avatar in this game you're walking around the environments looking at things to gather evidence and questioning witnesses and so on uh and uh it's got a it's got a it's got a feature sort of similar to the um to uh Sherlock Holmes crimes and punishments where you've got a screen where all your clues are sort of hovering around like a little word cloud and you can choose two of them and try and draw a logical link between them uh to to acquire new clues to use and uh, you have you have like a I don't remember if Sherlock Holmes did this, but in this one and the uh, Ace Attorney one, it has uh, hit points in that section. So you can't just you can't just pick shit at random. You have to actually think through what you're uh, what you're trying to claim. Uh, oh, huh. So like. D- like making bad connections harms you yeah well it's it it's not uh it's not like literally your character's health but if you i i haven't i haven't tested it to see what how the failure state articulates but if you if you uh if you run out of those hit points you basically have failed the case and have to start over start over again from uh whatever the checkpoint is hmm and it also has the it also has a thing that's uh basically the same as the courtroom scenes in Phoenix Wright where you've got testimony from a witness and you have to find the what what uh evidence in your inventory contradicts something that they've said and and present that except instead of being in a courtroom it's just witnesses that are out at these crime scenes but, uh, Has anyone ever made a game that's like this, but that's that's sort of more close to the real world, where there's almost never conclusive evidence, and most crimes are solved because of tips? <laughs> that that would like be years that would later. Be difficult. <laughs> that would be. Hmm. <clears throat> you get a little notification like two years later that it's somebody like, has yeah. called in, and you yeah. said Detective Pikachu is just like a. Like a super easy adventure it, game, it is, right? Yeah, Detective Pikachu is like a super, super dumbed down version of what I just described. It's you're you're walking around the environments, you know, pressing A to look at things and talk to people, uh, but you you there's no really puzzling or or logical thought. It, it is entirely look at everything and talk to everyone about everything, and then the scene will resolve, and you can go on to the next scene. And sometimes there are, it'll, it'll ask you to like, it'll, it'll, it frames it as though you're doing deductive logic to like figure out the case. But what it really is, is have you been paying attention in the least? Because it, it breaks down to things like, like the first one is one of these two monkeys stole a little girl's necklace and one of them has ketchup on his feet and the other one has white paint on his feet. And there are red footprints going this way and white footprints going this way. And this guy says he saw a monkey with ketchup on his feet carrying a necklace. 
<laughs> so which way do you think we should go? Figure this out. <laughs> oh my God. And and there'll be like a well up a- <laughs> if you see if you see the ketchup that means ketchup's on the top of the feet so you don't really know what color's on the bottom of the feet so that's still just up in the air and I I was joking around on on Twitter basically my capsule review was don't don't bother playing this if you want if you want to solve a puzzle that's more complicated than what two colors do you have to mix to get orange <laughs> and that's not a joke that's literally a puzzle in this game like any. Like even like the the Pokemon games are are for kids basically, but any kid that can read the words in the video game would be insulted by that puzzle. I feel like. Whereas you wish that they'd been like, uh, what two words rhyme with orange? <laughs> Is I mean, are you? I'm assuming that you're investigating things like which monkey stole this child's ice cream cone rather than like who murdered this prostitute, right? Like this is true. Yes. Uh, the, the, the main plot is that this, uh, this, this kid who's like, I, I think he's, I think he's supposed to be between high school and college. He has like a driver's license. So he's, he's already fairly older than the usual Pokemon character, but, uh, he, he is in town because his dad, who is a detective, has vanished mysteriously, and he meets up with this Pikachu, who was his dad's partner, and for some reason, the Pikachu can talk, but only this kid can understand him, and so he's your, he's your partner in, the, in this crime-solving thing as you're trucking around trying to find out what happened to your dad. And so is he like an interpreter between you and the environment? Yeah, he's he's the one that that talks with other Pokemon for you. So like you're interviewing human witnesses and Pikachu is in interviewing Pokemon witnesses. I see. But uh, yeah, I'd it's be just fascinated. Man. I'd be fascinated to know like what things like a a Japanese 6-year-old would just be expected to know versus what things an mm. American 6-year-old would because I'm pretty sure there would be there might be differences, some differences in the curriculum. There. That's probably true. But I also expect that like the localization would smooth that out. It, I mean, if you if you're interested in just because the Pokemon world is really insane, so it's mm-hmm. it's kind of fun to get like a more uh, 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 a more uh, detailed view of it. And it's kind right. of a cute story. So like if you if you like Pokemon and you want to interact in a vague way with a cute Pokemon detective story, then it's kind of fun. But there's, there's man, if you're looking for an interesting detective game, it is not an interesting detective game. It's, it's kind of in, in, in some places infuriating because it will be so obvious what the, what the final thing you have to do in this scene is or, or what the clues are leading to, but you just can't get there until you've, you, you will not be permitted to pick up the last object or whatever until you've gone through all of the steps. Um, but, you know, contrary wise, the, the, uh, the Ace Attorney investigations too is, uh, is actually pretty interesting and has some, some good logic and good, puzzles and, and is actually about murders and things and, and the characters <laughs> did, are fun and did i misunderstand did you say that was a fan game it is it's not a the ace attorney investigations one was uh translated and published in the united states but two was not 
but there is a oh, fan translation fan translation patch yeah it's actually gotcha. a really good uh translation like all the characters sound like you're used to these characters sounding and i haven't noticed yeah, any grammatical like, errors or anything like that my understanding is that like a lot of the fan translations are just done by the same people who do the official translations just, uh, just doing free. it unofficially yeah that makes a lot of sense yep but yeah if you have uh if you have uh I don't know, an emulator and a desire to play, uh, play that, I recommend it. Yep. And if you have a five-year-old child, <laughs> then, then I guess I can recommend Detective Pikachu. I can, I can, I can recommend, uh, the Detective Pikachu amiibo if you need something to put in a sock and knock a burglar out with. Because it is like six inches tall and extremely is heavy. It, is it just a brick? Yeah, it is basically a brick painted like Pikachu. Wow. Uh, that's, well, that's pretty much all I played. Speaking of knocking out burglars, uh, should we talk about the, the assignment, Mew Cartographer? Sure. So I think that's an interesting all... segue. <laughs> so I think all you guys liked this game more and got further in than I, than I did. So I'm going to tell you what how I would describe this game, and then you can tell me what I'm doing wrong. Okay. Okay. So <clears throat> this game uh, is a it, – it provides you an interface and a view of a 3D mathematical function <laughs> and all of the, like, levers you can pull on the interface, like, slightly change the angle of what you're – of the function that you're looking at. And every some, – and somewhere inside of that function – there is a place where if you navigate to be looking at that part of the function, there's a little plot token. You can pick up the plot token and get a new sentence of plot. And you just do that over and over again. I did it for like two hours and like never, nothing ever changed. Like I wasn't doing anything new and, and the plot didn't seem to actually be going anywhere. I bet you got further than me. Maybe I was just <laughs> describing it a little bit more confidently. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's like so, Kevin. You're you're the only one that this might be true for. Did you ever go to Joe McEwen's lab at Arizona State when he was working there? We have a friend who now he works at uh, at Lawrence Livermore National Lab on. Cold, Top the, secret stuff. Yeah, he's not working on the cold fusion thing. He's working on something you can't tell us about. Um, but he was a tunneling electron microscopy tech uh, as a postdoc at Arizona State when we met him. And he took me into his lab once and he showed me the microscope that lets you look at individual copper atoms in a substrate, which is like what his research was on, was like interfaces between copper and spinel, the gemstone spinel, uh, for some semiconductor uh, purposes. But it was this gigantic machine and it had all of these knobs and switches and like you started out by like pouring some liquid nitrogen out of a out of a little doer into like a funnel on the side of it so that it would work at all. <laughs> and then you would like get all your switches and knobs in the right spot and then you would look into it and it just looked like this like what the screen of a virtual boy would do like as it was turning off. It just looked like some <laughs> like red led pinpoints floating in space that would kind of shift around relative to each other as you turned the knobs. And those were just 
atoms <laughs> as represented <laughs> by this microscope. And that this game made me feel like that, where it was like, all right, I have a machine that I can operate that lets me look at a thing that I just straight up do not understand what it is at all. Like it's something that is letting me look at a thing that is, you know, what does a copper atom look like? Does it look like a bitch? <laughs> that is not a question that you can ask because it is smaller than the wavelength of light. So like, it doesn't look like anything. It can't look like anything, right? Like it, yeah. it's, it's outside of the scope of looking like a thing. Right. And that is what this kind of, feels like like this feels like you are exploring a space that is not uh, what we traditionally think of as a space I, I would posit these spaces are not realms <clears throat> would you that's a that's an interesting question yeah, because I, there there's nothing to like i did find a canyon at one point yeah, there's a lot okay. of cities i mean I, so i never saw any canyons. i never saw anything that looked like cities okay I saw a I lot of things. Monuments more than cities. Okay, right? I didn't see anything like that. I saw everything I saw looked like Perlin noise. Okay, there's definitely more. Like, stuff yeah, I think you didn't get it, to any of the real places. Some of it was pretty, but like, yeah, okay. So there's stuff to find. Then yeah. there's actually like things. Yeah, yeah to I mean, there's. It, it I all only found one together. of them and got stuck. Okay, yeah. um, Riff but, and I finished it. Okay. Uh, I think. Yeah, I think like because this felt like I was looking at. I was looking at this space from all these different angles and there was nothing for my brain to like latch onto in terms of like finding patterns in it. There's almost never anything to look at there. Like you're, you're looking at the output of the instruments more until you are at one of the sort of convergence points mm. than you are looking at what's being displayed. Like okay. it doesn't, I, I mean, I think it is some sort of abstract mathematical formula except at points where they've authored some content. Yeah, right? that's probably true. The the way it's it's um, uh, phrased in the game is that this is a this is some sort of weird geographical country, anomaly. yeah, an anomaly of this this section of of uh, of landscape that for some reason the the, the it, that it's gone kind of non Euclidean, like the the landscape moves around and it's difficult to tell the mountains from the seas and. <laughs> and things like that and you're you're looking at it through this machine that one of these three lost explorers built and then lost hmm. but uh i i th i found i found the the first 15 or 20 minutes which are spent you know twiddling the knobs and trying to figure out which knob does what and oh if i click this that's actually a button that that does this thing and this spins around and now it's looking for this particular type of signal. So if I use this other thing to scroll around the map, then maybe I'll encounter a, a radar blip and then I can tune in this signal using this knob over here until it resolves into a thing that I can click on. And then I have collected a thing that potentially gives me some more things again. to find right. yeah you do yeah. and and that's the game is is then finding all of the things and and that part isn't really once you figured out how the tools work there's not much left i feel like this is a really not this is this is like half or a third of a really interesting game because like if once you found a thing if you then could send a probe down to explore that thing in more detail or something like that. And that was like a phase two with a different interface and, and some actual yeah. 
exploratory goals or something, then, then that would be really interesting. That would be much more, it would feel much more like a complete game. Yeah. If there was like a, kitty horror show game attached to each of the plot points that you went down and and poked around in that yeah, would be yeah that would be really satisfying actually yeah i bet it would the little narrative chunks were almost enough to tide me over to the next one because they weren't it was not once you understood how to get things it was not hard to get them yeah. i kind of enjoyed the waveform matching that was kind of a fun little mini game yeah uh figuring out exactly how the like clock hand controls worked. I, I feel like they, the only one that really overstayed its welcome was the, the color based one where you just had to, as far as I could tell, you just had to sort of scroll over the map until you found the, the little pinging. Yeah. The, pinging the little resonators, the little eye drop glyph kind of looking thing that, that, no, 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 that one, that one, I, I didn't exactly understand how, that one initiated, I think, was that just always available? There was always one near yeah, the points the, that the compass was taking me to. I it don't... seemed like there are a certain, there's like a certain number of those that are in the space and they just exist in the space no matter what settings your viewer is Independent on. of all the other yeah. settings, yeah, okay. Because I did a bunch of those early and the little blue meter on the side ran out and I just, never found right. another one. So yeah. Because um, there's a finite number of everything. I think I, yeah. I, my theory yeah, is Yeah, but most of them, are... you don't get the settings to look for them until you've found a previous one. Right. I, my theory was that there are the, the 18, um, that there are 18 of those little sort of like, like audio beacon things oh, out in the world right. that just correspond to the dots on the little uh, pegs and bands thing. Mm. So if that was true then that would be if if there was any way to like drop a landmark down or something to tell you well, where there, you were well, there is right yeah there. you can you can bookmark a, yeah you a, can leave a, a beacon space and and set of settings and go back to well, it automatically but, okay but i don't want to do that i right. want i want to have a thing that that regardless of any other settings shows oh, me someplace right. that i've been mm. you know what i mean like yeah. because that would let you sort of <clears throat> Globally, and I'm just assuming that that the the beacons corresponded to the locations of the pegs. So, like, I found this the thing that I would compare this the most closely to is Mirror Moon EP, but this did not make me angry the way that Mirror Moon EP. Yeah, this this just did. was internally consistent, and yeah, it was just a little and it, thing, and and it did, there weren't enough parts of it that were like a regular video game that I expected it to work like one. So yeah, yeah maybe I don't want maybe I don't want a kitty horror show game in each little <laughs> section of this because then if those weren't good, then the whole would thing feel, would be yeah. kind of wrecked, right? I you know it, as like a two hour experience, I think it it really it really wins. Yeah, I want to go poke around in it more. After, I think I think yeah, I think you just need to sort of get over the the. I was. I also felt stuck for a moment, and then like started to find things, and then under began to understand exactly what I was doing. To Not knowing the thing. sound is important. Is also. Oh yeah, if you didn't like, have audio, oh, that's, that yeah, would make it not yeah. a lot tougher. That makes well the the one particular type of signal in particular would be difficult. Almost almost impossible. Yeah. you could see it if you were paying very close attention, but okay, audio is definitely easier. <clears throat> yeah. Cool. Thank you for. Whoever found this was it you, yeah. Jim? Yeah, I, I, I uh, mentioned. Yeah, it. I, I brought it up because somebody mentioned it. I saw saw it referenced on Twitter. I think. Oh no, it was. Um, uh, it, 
was it Ian Bogost did a Twitter thread about what are what are games where you have to where you where you have to explore space by figuring out the the mechanics of everything for yourself. Mm. And and did, this that this is one that was men- mentioned in it. Was capsule uh super well explained or did you have to figure a bunch of stuff out in that? I think you had to figure a bunch of stuff out. Okay. Cuz I feel like this this is a a kind of genre of game and it's I was like, like did I like Saltzman make cast, capsule? Yeah. Who made Mew Cartographer? Like, what's the story of this game? Anything about that? Yeah, no idea. Huh. <clears throat> it was just discovered on a floppy disk in a bathroom. <laughs> also, Trent Reznor made it. Yeah. Good old Ron Zertnert. Uh, all right. Well, what's our next assignment, fellas? Uh, we're going to play Valhalla Cyberpunk Bartender action. All oh, right. Uh, uh, Patreon backer suggestion. We need yes. to get uh, get done with the last few of those. Um, yeah, we, we and I think it's like all a the long visual ones. novel about being a bartender. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Riff will love it. Yeah. Well, I'll like it because it's, it's like about alcoholism. Yeah. You'll like it because it's a virtual novel, a I'll visual like novel. I'll like it because it's cyberpunk. Yeah. Why will you like it, Jim? Uh, I might not. Ah. Uh, d- Pre descent. Yeah. Now this game came out after descent. <laughs> Also ah. after Minority Report. Gentlemen, I've had a great time recording episode number 325 of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we do it again in this very studio very, very soon. And listeners, I hope you'll join us. And if you don't, cock-a-boo-boo-balaya. Time for emails. Good night, everybody. Have a great week, everybody. Mm-hmm.